ladies and gentlemen, the commercials. I don't know a lot about the internet I'm trying to print out these mp3s So I can put them on my Twitter Hey, can you help me out? I could use a little assistance with my mouse You see, I plugged it into my mp3 port And I cut the wire Does that help? I wondered if you can help me Post my picture on my Facebook You see, I've got it in a PDF format And it's on my bank card I need to transfer it off of there Hey, I got a good question Why do they call it a wave When it never waves back? I got a question Why do they call it a JPEG? Well, it's neither a J nor a peg. Oh, this is my life. I don't know a damn thing about what's going on. All I know is I am over 35. Hey, I don't know and what's going on with these infernal things I know I want to start my business and start it on the internet Hey, let me ask you a question I wanted to go to Amazon.com Do I put that into Google first? If I want to go to Amazon, does that mean I have to pay for an internet connection or because I'm shopping and spending my money with Amazon? Give me a connection for free. No, they won't. Let me ask you, when you're selling stuff on eBay, does the money get printed out of the computers for you to spend when somebody buys your thing on eBay? my life I'm over 35 years old I just got a computer last year I wish I was much I like those younger kids they got all that computer stuff figured out already hey by the way can I borrow your flashlight so I can back up some files From Studio 6C in the main streets of Brooklyn, New York, this is the Commercials Free Podcast on thecommercials.tv and the magic of iTunes. My name is Dave Dick Koenig. And this is Ken Pond. And we have a great show coming up. Ken, how you doing? Louie, I'm doing good, Dave. How are you? I am doing just fine, actually. We are uh, excited. We not only have a tremendous guest, uh, our guest this week is the kind of stand-up comedian 
who defines the craft, I think. Yes, he's the kind you only read about in books. You can only read about him in books or see him at comedy clubs, I believe. <laughs> or all over the place. Or all over the place on the internet. Uh, you can find him uh, on TV, and, and you can certainly find him on this show. Mark Marin, who is... Uh, one of my all-time idols in terms of the stand-up craft. A guy Astoundingly who, funny gentleman. Who I like to refer to as a warrior of stand-up. There you go. Yeah. That works. A I lifer. Like that. A lifer. Somebody who's yeah. not in it for the short haul. He's in it for the... He's in it for life. He's in it for the extended haul. Absolutely. Yes. He may he's been even, doing it for about 20 years. Yeah. He's yeah. masterful. A yes. masterful, in my opinion. Yeah. He's one of those guys who just... You, 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 who doesn't... You know, you don't need to doubt. If you see his name on the marquee... Well, that's a, that's a good show. You're going to laugh. Yeah. There's no question about it. Anyway, yeah. he's got a podcast called WTF. We're going to find out exactly what that stands for because the innocent me, Yeah, I don't know. You don't know what that stands for. You were a, uh, you grew up in a very sheltered environment. I did. So. I did. I wasn't allowed to. Uh, actually, I didn't know about words longer than three letters long right. until I was 15. Well, it's good that you knew tit. Before you were 15. Yes, but all I knew about tit was that it was the opposite of tat. <laughs> and I wasn't about to get a tat. I know that. Well, I know that you admitted in a, a previous podcast that you believed, or maybe this didn't get released, you believed that Wasp, in the, you know those truly tasteless joke books they used to have when yes, we were younger? Yes, yes. You the, really uh, thought that when they were talking about wasps in the book, that literally it was not just a waspy white person it was literally you thought it was the insect the wasp yeah well for the sake of the uh, the bit yeah I, that's exactly what i believed mm. yeah i mean that's i mean that's how innocent Wait, are you i saying was. It was for the sake it was for the sake of the bit i I, really I was aware that i had the truly tasteless joke so i did have a little bit of uh insight into uh <laughs> The, the, the fact that they were making jokes about things. And I was kind of an inquisitive kid, so I did actually ask my parents, what the heck are they talking about here? <laughs> You're like, why would a wasp want to join a country club? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Actually, if you did listen to our underground shows, uh, the underground uh, versions of the Commercials Free Podcast, you may have heard me talk about that a little bit and uh, heard some some of those uh, kind of jokes that, that Ken was telling. Uh, newfangled, uh, truly tasteless jokes, which right. aren't really tasteless nor truly well i want to reinvent racism and i think we took a step in the right direction on that i think one. so yeah. i think we you know when we when we raise racism to the level of actual criticism of someone's behavior i think we've turned racism into a positive well here's the catchphrase is and you should put it on we should put it on bumper stickers uh-huh america racism needs a facelift i think you're right yeah i think cuz it's got to be something besides what happens on the skin level because the walls are coming down absolutely there's no you know we've come a long way it's time to revive racism in new and interesting ways yes because you know it's it's like um you know you t it's funny uh you take something that's got a negative connotation mm -hmm. years and years and years and years yeah and you embrace it and you and you actually say to people okay i proudly stand here as somebody who does represent that word it becomes a positive like there are yes. co several cultures that have embraced negative words to associate them and and it's become an empowering thing rather than a uh, a denigrating thing right right or we could just continue and if you if you postulate where like if we keep making the progress we've been making in equal rights and stuff like that mm -hmm. like 400 years later it's like people will be like dude 
you just killed a cockroach, you're going to jail, buddy. Can you imagine that? Yeah, yeah. You're going to jail because they're people too. They're living creatures. Right, right. How dare you treat a cockroach as a lesser person than you? Right. That's what we'll be facing. I think, you know, this whole, like, vegetarian slash vegan thing, uh, it's going to go even to a further level. It's going to go completely to the next zenith, which is the feeling that it's not okay, not just only, it's not only not okay to eat living animals and, and animal meat. We're not supposed to eat vegetables either because they're actual living organisms as well. Yes. And why should we uh, be prejudiced against vegetables just because they can't make noise or Or move or think? Yes. It doesn't mean they're not alive and therefore no touch. Yeah. It's going to be like, how dare you eat animal or vegetable? Exactly. Hopefully, we'll at least be able to eat minerals. Well, in the future, eight hundred years from now, guess what, pal? <laughs> it's considered full pa. Exactly, exactly. We don't, you know, this this earth was was granted to us on a lend lending basis. Uh, you know, it's, it's been it's been loaned to us. Right. We don't own the earth. It's like we are uh, lessees in a very nice house uh, that we're renting. Yes. If we start to take advantage and, and take for granted the fact that we're surrounded by niceness and, and we don't take care of the niceness around us and to just assume that we could break through the walls and smash the windows and... And hang lots of posters. Hang lots of posters. And staples in the walls. And, and hang, a, hang a pot rack in the chimney, you know, and create holes that let carbon monoxide through. Yeah. And paint the floor. Guess what? No nice house anymore. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. So this is where uh-uh. we stand. This is where we stand at the precipice of a new age right. where A, racism is good, and B, everyone dies of starvation. <laughs> or just dies, period. Because the the earth explodes. Because we are... Uh... Dave, you know what? I- I'm tired of people being like, what is the consequence of burning fossil fuels? You right. Know? Yeah. There's going to be a greenhouse effect, and things are going to get warmer. And mm-hmm. when there's a change in, in temperature, that is the prevailing argument. You yes. got you got to change voice. in yeah. your you got to change in your climate. And when you got to change in your climate, you got to change in the vegetables that grow, in the animals that live in the sea. Like that stuff, we need more dire, scary consequences. It's like if anybody, if one person uses one more gallon of gas anywhere in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Half the world's heads will explode simultaneously. I think that would get some ears. I believe the Kyoto Accord will be launched into overdrive. This 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 kind of um, dovetails with one of my other theories. Yes. Um, guys are pretty stupid. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I consider myself a fairly intelligent guy. And the reason I think I have maintained a certain level of intellectual uh, pursuit yeah, is because I'm fully aware that at any point, if I act stupid enough, my wife is going to walk out. Yes. Because I'm only as good as, as the last smart thing I've done. <laughs> so if I walk out of the house, let's say, with my hat, you know, like, 
facing the wrong way, you know, like the baseball hats off to the side or something like that, or yeah. I'm wearing really like excessively skinny jeans, <laughs> my wife's going to leave me. She's just going to walk out. Yes. I think that motivation is enough to keep guys behaving. Oh, yeah. If guys knew that women would not look at them if they did anything stupid, they wouldn't do it. Because what are we here for, essentially? Women. Exactly. Yeah. I think women have dropped the ball and are not enforcing the rules enough on us guys. Interesting. Well, I will tell you this. Maybe three years ago, I was dating this girl for a bit, and I was like had been single for a long time, uh-huh. which means I had my own clothes and my own choice of putting on clothing, and mm-hmm. you know, and she's like, "Well, do you want to go running?" When I was like, "Yeah, let me find some running clothes." Okay. Well, I put on some gold sneakers nice. that were spray painted that I found at a at a Target at a tag sale. Awesome. Shorts that were way too tight for any human being to be wearing. Of course. And a blue shirt, t-shirt that was like flannel tucked in. Oh, very nice. Now, we met up, and she looked at me kind of up and down once and then looked at me and kind of tilted her head, and I was like, what? She's like, if you were married, you would never be permitted to leave the house wearing what you are right now. There you, there you go. And honestly, if it wasn't for women, Dave... How would you, dude, we'd show up at the studio with one sock on, half a pair of jeans, the other part ripped off, our ha- we wouldn't comb our hair, we would just roll around the place if it wasn't for one. You're assuming I wouldn't just get hit by a car on the way here. I mean, I'd be dead before yeah, I, yeah. that even started to set in, but who would care about dressing themselves properly? Right, so when know? I see one of these idiot people, uh, one of these idiot guys on the streets of New York City or wherever I may travel... And they just have that stupid look. You know, like that look that just says, I'm, I'm an idiot. Stupid, yeah. yeah. You know what I do? What? I don't blame him. I, I blame women. You blame the woman that's in charge of this guy. Or the or the lack thereof. Yes. Yeah. I say that if women don't take a more responsible role in the curating, in the uh, uh, the maturation and, and molding of a man, they'll just... Go awry. Uh, you, know, you know, a lot of people just blame. They are going awry. People blame genetics. They say, "Well, ah, it's not upbringing; it's genetics." Right. You know, as kids, not, no, it's the woman's fault. It, I take one yeah. look at a guy like you said, and I say, "That's not his fault." Why are we? We are committing like some really nice podcast suicide here. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Suddenly, we become so like ridiculously misogynistic. Although my point is no. supposed to be no, no, no. What do you mean? Women. No, yeah. it, that's my point too. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's like they it's have a responsibility. Yeah, I could see how maybe if, no, no, no. I can't even see. I, all, all, it's all it's doing is putting the the torch in women's hand and being like, "Yeah, you're res- here." Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they if they you if they make crack the world turn. Yeah. Similar to how you said, if if anybody used an actual gallon of gas, the next person who uses a gallon of gas will cause half the population's heads to explode. Yeah, we're all walking. If women said, um, "How can I put this delicately?" If you uh, uh, if you if you spit on the sidewalk, the next person who does that means that half of the male population across the world will will never explode again. If you know what I mean, <laughs> that's the rule. You know what? Uh, swallow, swallow. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens. No, that's it. 
Kajing. All right, maybe we're not being misogynistic, but I think there's a group of meathead idiots standing outside right now who are going to beat the hell out of oh, us. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? Because people are going to call and be like, listen, my wife listened to that crap. <laughs> and she hasn't shut up for two weeks. She's been trying to run my goddamn life. Now I can't wear my sunglasses on my forehead. I, I can't wear my favorite, my favorite oiler socks. I can't wear my Rangers satiny jacket to work. <laughs> Over my tie? I can't wear my gold sneakers. <laughs> or my tight running shorts. Dude, you don't understand. They were shiny golden, like like golden, like like uh, the Tin Man, but gold. You mean <laughs> <Nuts>. the Gold Man? <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to the commercials Freight Podcast <clears throat> on the commercials.tv and the magic of iTunes. Now we were just sort of like killing time because we have something very awesome. Very exciting. Not not just Mark Marin coming up, and, and, and we will... Though we mean him, too. Yes, we do mean him, too, and we will uh, be getting to him uh, you know, in, in our next segment. But this segment is... Uh, you may have... You may have, If you've uh, listened to the show before, you may have heard this segment. And, uh, and man, man, this is a... This it's one's gonna killer. going to be good stuff. This one's killer. But, uh, again, I think it's time to open up the old voicemail box. What true? It's a hopper and a chopper and a one, two, three. It's All right, so we call this segment Fun with Google Voice. Ken, what's Google Voice? Google Voice is a free service offered by the good folks over at Google. They basically give you a phone number that you can give out to other people. People can call it in. They could text you at it. They could... Uh, give you leave you voicemails at it you can write it to other phones one of the cool things is though people can leave a voicemail message and google voice will actually translate this voice message into text that you can discreetly read on your phone as a text message or in your email let's say if you don't have time to actually listen to a voicemail you're not in the appropriate setting but herein lies the problem google voice translation translating things from voice to text does a pretty shoddy job and therein lies the humor we exploit that to make hilarity. Now we have opened up our phone line, three four seven eight two nine punk, or three four seven eight two nine seven eight six five for those of you who are alphabetically challenged or learning disabled. Well, we didn't want to say that, but yes, it's true, learning disabled. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> sell it. Sell it. Yeah, we didn't. We don't. We, we don't want to eliminate the possibility of getting phone calls from learning disabled folk or getting phone calls. Uh, we want to avoid getting phone calls from people who would accuse us of uh, not including everyone. Well, I don't think it matters because they wouldn't even understand the podcast anyway. So, What they I, don't know can't hurt them, Dave. I, I think uh, Ken needs a little bit of a lesson on learning disabilities, <laughs> to be honest. Because it's apparently to Ken, it's either you are Einstein or Rain Man. Dude, are you kidding me? I'm chock full of learning disabilities. In fact, when you said learning disabilities, I thought to myself, what's they? <laughs> Uh, you actually uh, stepped on my awesome segue, but it's okay. Uh, this time, we we had this little brainstorm. Um, rather than playing an actual sample from our voicemail box, yes, we decided to take a clip from a from a famous movie. Yes. Um, now I, I mentioned Rain Man, which starred Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise. Uh-huh. Now, Tom Cruise was also in another movie, which is one of my top, probably ten all-time favorite movies, A Few Good Men. That's right. Now, whether or not you've seen that particular movie, there's a very good chance that you have had some exposure to part, if not all, of one particular scene. It's it's a it's a 
earth-shatteringly awesome a scene classic. between two brilliant actors. Yes. No matter what you think of Tom Cruise's off-the-field activities, he's... Uh, he's very good. He's brilliant. He does his stuff. And, uh, well, okay, here, you know, at the risk of getting in trouble with <coughs> the Scientology groups... Uh, oh, here's a clip from A Few Good Men. If you gave an order, and your orders are always followed, then why would Santiago be in danger? Why would it be necessary to transfer him off the base? <coughs> Santiago was a substandard Marine. He was being transferred... It's not what you said. You said he was being transferred because he was in grave danger. That's correct. You said I... he was in danger. I said grave danger. You said, is there I any... I recall other... what I said. I can have the court reporter read back to you. I know what I said. I don't have to have it read back to me like I'm... Why the two orders? Colonel? Sometimes men take matters into their own hands. No, sir, you made it clear just a moment ago that your men never take matters in their own hands. Your men follow orders or people die. So Santiago shouldn't have been in any danger at all, should he have, Colonel? You snotty little bastard. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. The court will <coughs> wait for an answer. If Lieutenant Kendrick gave an order that Santiago wasn't to be touched, then why did he have to be transferred? Colonel? Lieutenant Kendrick ordered the code red, didn't he? Because that's what you told Lieutenant Kendrick to do. Object! And when it went bad, you cut these guys loose! Your Honor, you had markers inside a phony transfer! Your Honor, you doctored the logbook! Damn it, Captain! You coerced the doctor! Consider yourself in contempt! Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled to You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's going to do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago, and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know, that Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives, and my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, <coughs> loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket <coughs> of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did! What an awesome scene. Super awesome. That's uh, Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise and uh, Kevin Bacon. And a little dash of Kevin Bacon. <clears throat> a little dash of bacon, like a little bacon bit, if you will. Yes. And the judge, who's, I can't remember the guy's name, and, right. and, I, and I don't mean to slight the guy, because he's great, too. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> so what we did was, uh, we actually fed that scene mm -hmm. through Google Voice and, and Ken. And what was we basically took... It's translation, and we broke it into parts, yes. and we made a script, a word-for-word -word script, quote-unquote, if you will, if you will, of that scene. And we minus are going to, minus some words, yeah. because it didn't do it perfectly, so we're going to do that scene just as it is, 
as interpreted by Google Voice. And Jack will be played by our friend David Koenig. And Tom Cruise, although I could never do him justice or fill his shoes, will be played by me, Kenneth W. Bond. As if I could be uh, filling Jack's shoes. I know, right? Here are the commercials free podcast players in A Few Good Men. If you're getting along, so if you like what was wrong, I wanted to let you know everything if you had try it. Some of the article is accepted at just being friends, and I hope that go ahead and press her because he was in great danger. That's correct. And I really think that you have a great thank you, so I just don't know what I have a record of me back and I hope that I don't have to have a great day. Bye. If you'd like to hear your voice, I don't know. Sometimes and take matters into their own hands. You can never take matters into German cover. Some people dot Yahoo may later. Hey. This is not a struck recess. I had a question, Judge. Court will work for her. It's like, yeah, yeah, kosh bye. I know you can give me a call. It is a great day. Hi, trying to do. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Colonel Jessup, the hey. In some of the last requests, other answer the question. Hey, Caruth Carroll. Yeah, I know how. Better hey from and we. Live in a world has all those walls regarded by many jobs. I'm going to do it. You know how you, what kind of library... I have a great responsibility, but you could possibly pat, and we response. We are going to cursory, and I had a luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know exactly how does that well. Frank probably saved lines, and I have some 12 today. An incomprehensible to you, strange alliance. And we're because he believes that you don't talk about the Spartans. You were coming on that. All you need to be on that wall. We use words like honor, close, loyalty. We can use these words as the backbone of my side, of finding something you know as soon as possible. Hi. The, this is a time for the relations with China. So Lehman White since please. I don't mind delivery because I provided. Helen doesn't matter anyway. I provided... I'd rather you just said thank you, hanging on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and standard post anyway. I have a good day. We are entitled to. You know that I was. The com or. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did. That's amazing. Incredible. You know, I, in certain ways, I do believe that the Google Voice version... <laughs> isn't as good as the movie. <laughs> I mean, uh, bless you, Google Voice. I mean, the service yeah, you provide you is, is is great. You know, I, I don't mean to uh, offend. However, when no, you No, but take... they give us just as much pleasure in their erroneous exactly. uh, technological... We hope that they don't improve at all. Yes, because it would ruin this wonderful bit that's fueled entire comedically by them. Yeah, I know? mean, we would not have, we would barely have a show if not for the uh, stuff that goes on during Fun with Google Voice. Yeah, I love how um, you can't handle the truth. Oh, yeah. Becomes what, Dave? Hey, Kurt Carroll!
Oh no, that's that's you want the truth, and then you say, "Yes, I want the truth." Yeah, I know how. Better hay from and. <laughs> Better hay from and means you can't handle the truth. Well, of course. I mean, I mean, we are we are talking uh, <coughs> a, a, a common language here, I and mean, yes, it makes yes, perfect yes. sense. I mean, uh, you know, Helen doesn't matter anyway. Yes. No, I mean that's that goes without saying. Otherwise, it's just you pick up a weapon and standard post anyway. Standard post. Oh, by the way, pick up a weapon, and when you send me that parcel, just standard post. Standard post. You know, and and just don't just, spend an extra money. I just, don't want you to. Just so you don't think we're sort of like picking on Google here, uh, we we actually ran it through twice. Yeah, we had to. We we ran it through twice, and um, some of the lines that came through that time. We're even worse. I mean, Ken, I mean, some of our favorites were in this version of the That's script. That's true. Um, Walter, and she probably satellite, and I just want to ask him to the rehearsal for you to save a lot. <laughs> That's from the Jack speech. He is very concerned about your savings. I'm going to have the Republicans are provided heaven. Bye. He said Republicans? He said Republicans. I like this. Tom Cruise, I'm um, here's with, you know... Good evening with, period. It's a Yahoo work, period. And it's, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? We're going to school, period. <laughs> I wanted to let you know, and I think, period. <laughs> I think <laughs> that I transfer. <laughs> he's been Princeton, and I'm going to sit facing transferred because he's in great danger, desperate, and I am interested. So, I mean, that, 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 that is fun in a word with Google Voice. <clears throat> you can't have much more fun than that. Absolutely not. Actually, there is one way that uh, there 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 is one method to have fun without Google Voice. Without Google Voice, and uh, I think that's coming up in our next segment. That's right. We're going to be visited by stand-up extraordinaire Mark Marin, super host of WTF, the podcast. We're going to find out lots about and hear about some of his upcoming stuff on Comedy Central. Uh, that's right. Stick with us. We're glad you're here. We are. You are listening to the Commercial Spring Podcast. And uh, the magic of iTunes comes. <laughs> the commercials.tv. That's right, baby. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, Ken, what are you chewing? Uh, you won't believe what I'm chewing. Come on! All right, I'll tell you. They're called chitlets. Chitlets? Chitlets. They're small, delicious, rainbow-colored, and strange-smelling. Sounds to me like they're a combination of chiclets and chitlins. Not really, Dave. They're an organic material, presumably from outer space. Once this material came in contact with the Earth's upper ionosphere, as it's called, it changed into another compound known as xenium. Then, once entering the Earth's atmosphere and landing on the bottom of the ocean floor, oil diggers inadvertently ingested this material, killing them all instantly. Why would I eat this, you ask, Dave? Why would you eat this at all, Ken? The government took out the poison part and left just the delicious part. I love the government. Don't you? If you don't want to hear commercials like this anymore on the Commercials Free Podcast, and you want to make your own commercial or have us make the commercial for you, just send an email to info at the commercials.tv 
and we will work with you. It's as easy as typing our email address into your browser or composition email window, typing a subject, and then typing a message, and then clicking send. Sounds easy to me, Ken. It is, Dave. honest we're americans you know what i mean got our own business the fact that they can tap our phones and look at our hard drives without a warrant that's fucked up so not only is it unconstitutional it's just bullshit and i can't stand people who defend the policy by saying hey buddy you got nothing to hide you got nothing to worry about i'll be honest with you folks i got nothing to hide but i got a few things i'm ashamed of I'd almost rather be caught with a bomb. I could explain that. <laughs> what were you going to do with that bomb? I was going to blow some shit up with it. What the fuck do you think I was going to do, genius? <laughs> if they were to download some of the stuff on my hard drive, I would be hard-pressed to explain some of that material. I, I didn't know it was a guy at first. <laughs> you know. And then I just kept looking at it because it was weird. I don't know. Am I in trouble or something? <laughs> Fellas, don't tell my wife. Please don't tell my wife. Back here on the commercials. Free podcast, thecommercials.tv and the magic of iTunes. Ken, that music can mean only one thing. Only one thing, Dave. It means that we're. it's time for another edition of Podcast to Podcast. as a segment where we talk to people who either have a podcast or have been part of a podcast or have listened to a podcast or have no actual connection to a podcast at whatsoever, all. Yes. Uh, the the <clears throat> qualifications for this segment are very low. However, yes. this time around, we have a bona fide podcast superstar. That's right. He's a guy who has been a successful comedian for, for as long as I can remember. In fact, I've got a, a cool story I want to I talk to him about. And uh, he also has a podcast called WTF that you can find also on iTunes and uh, That's right. various places around the web, I'm sure. Uh, Mark Marin joins us from California right now. Mark, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that my house has not slid down the hill in this rain. It's <laughs> unbelievable for us here in New York uh, to hear what's going on in California. From your experience, uh, from from where you're sitting right now, what, what's it really like? I mean, there's I mean, you listen to Facebook people, and they're like, it's it's the second coming. But it probably is not that bad, but, but how is it? <laughs> you know, I'm sitting in my house, I have a small house, and there have been moments where it feels like the, the boat that, that George Clooney is captain of. <laughs> if it ends up with Mark... Right, yeah. On the roads, they don't realize that their cars are built to manage puddles. I can only imagine the uh, the freeways out there and people trying to deal with driving the rain. When people have to drive through rain here, and we, you know, in this area, we grew up with all kinds of weather, so it's not like 
there's anything that surprises us at this point. I mean, they could it could rain frogs and we'd think we'd be okay. We'd get around it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people there, I'm sure they're just not dealing at all uh, behind the wheel. I mean, on the freeway. Rain frogs anywhere, that would be a sure sign that we had made a mess. <laughs> yeah, that we're totally <laughs> fucked. Yeah. Yeah, as long as my TiVo's working, I'm right. fine. Right. As long as my TiVo's working, we're fine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, make a little noise. We'll clean them up tomorrow. That's it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, no, I mean, people here, just, it, 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 it's pretty heavy rain, but I mean, I've seen worse. It's just, it's just the, the amount of it is pretty insane. Like, I mean, the paint is coming off my house outside. Wow. That is true. That is true. It could only rain money. You guys would be fine. Like, they need money. (laughs) (laughs) Something green would be fine. You have a podcast called WTF. Uh, Mark, what does WTF stand for? I'm not going to say it here. Yeah. You know how it is. There's no FCC thing here. What the fuck? Yeah, there you go. Yay. I've listened to a few of your shows, and and the staple of your show is having fellow comedians on. And in the beginning, I'm I'm guessing they followed your your what the fuck attitude. And and now is it you guys seem to have a little more of a conversation about general things. Have have you gotten softer as as things have gone on? Well, you know, we we sort of the whole podcast kind of occurred out of a moment of uh, not really desperation, but I you know I. Oh man. Well, um, actually, you said you've been doing radio for a bit, 
and you've obviously transferred into this podcast format. In your personal opinion, what 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 to you is the difference? Do you notice because we do one here that, uh, for example, though you don't have to follow this if you don't want it, gives you you have a certain freedom that you wouldn't necessarily have in radio. Well, tell me how you, how that works for you. Have you noticed that? What do you, I mean, in the time that you've done the show, what would you say has been the, I guess, the, the most creative or the most uh, stretching thing you've done as a, as a host or as a producer of the show? Of, of, uh, of comfort to where you just have a couple of people talking. 
Absolutely. I think that definitely happens for you guys. When I listen to some of the conversations you have with guys who I've followed for a long time, like Andy Kindler, I listened to uh, the show you did with him uh, from just before the new year. And, man, you guys, it was just like listening to two old friends just joking with each other in a shorthand that, that, that was really gratifying to listen to. And I think it's for us, it's definitely kind of like a... Uh, 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 an act in which to follow. Yeah, yeah, definitely something you know. You're setting a groundwork for for other people to listen to, and I and I really really enjoy it. But to, to your defense, I wanted to bring this up uh, as far as like being intimidated and things like that. I, I tell people about uh, my early days doing open mic stand-ups, and I'm talking about like the early '90s. Um, and Boston Comedy Club. Do you remember at least how it used to be? Uh, the open mics there. They used to intersperse you guys who were like the professionals, the guys who have been on TV a million times with us idiots who were trying for the first, second, third time. And it made me feel like a million bucks to be on a bill with like you and Dave Attell and Elon Gold. And that was just such a cool thing. But one of the more, uh, well, first of all, you were there the night I was there and you were prepping your appearance on Conan O'Brien the next night, which was fascinating for me to see. But the thing I also remember greatly, and, I, and it's a chance to say thank you for, uh, is the fact that we were all sitting up in the loft, the way uh, the Boston Comedy Club was set up. I don't know if it's still this way. But there was the stage, and then there's the tables. It's, it's gone. Gone. So this is like a, a, wow. a look at our past, I suppose. So you had the stage, and you had the tables, and then there was the, kind of like a loft area with that like row of, like one row of bench seats, sort of, uh, where the comics were sitting. Right. Right, and I was sitting up there just like trying not to trip anybody or, or mess anything up. And you came in and you were getting ready to do your set, but you came around and you shook everybody's hand and said hello, including mine. And I always thought that was one of the coolest things that somebody could do who had reached the stature that you did. And it made me feel like, well, geez, maybe I do belong uh, trying to make people laugh. And, and, you know, 15 years later, I find out I'm way wrong. But. Um, <laughs> But I always thought that was very cool, and I wanted to thank you for it, and it's really cool that I get a chance to do that person-to-person. Oh, well, that's, uh, well, that's very sweet, in the sense that, like, I rarely hear a story that starts out with, you're not going to remember this, but, like, you know, 15 years ago, they're never good stories. <laughs> they're a nice one, make you feel a little better about myself. <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> I'm glad that that happened. Uh, did, did, is that, when you were trying to break in, and um, it was like 20, 20, how, when did you start? <laughs> and yeah, I came back to Boston and started again in, uh, I guess it was 87-ish, and in 1988 I won, I came in second in a competition in Boston, uh, the BCN Comedy Art Riot, the WBCN Riot, and I think from there, that was the last time I had a job, hmm. so 88, to be official, you know, when I started making a living one way or the other in show business was August Back then, who who were the kind of the, the the generation ahead, and what did you learn from from that group, if anything? The one behind me. Well, the one at the one who was older than you, I guess, who would have been in. Well, you know, I uh, what I learned, I guess, was I, at the comedy store there was quite an education to be had. Uh, you know, I, I was 
out of college, that was it. And I've never known anything else, really. Wow. So, so the, the lesson that I learned was you, you just spend time absorbing the, the, the atmosphere. I mean, I've seen a lot of pretty amazing things. I mean, I've seen, you know, I've watched Richard Pryor go on stage and, and bomb and be disrespected by a bunch of idiots. Wow. mentioned sort of like those two waves uh you know when 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 half the tv shows on tv were set in front of a brick wall for a while there and then that all ended but around that time you started a relationship with comedy central and i know you wanted to talk about the uh stand-up special that you are uh looking forward to so tell us about that talk about the the old generation who out there are you watching right now who else who out there is really yeah in this generation who are you looking at Mm. Um, who else was on your mind? I'll tell you if 
Oh, well, you know, anybody who appears on our show. We actually had uh, Amy Schumer on not too long ago. She's on one of the John Oliver shows. I don't know if you ran into her. Okay. Yeah, sure, she's sure. doing well. Actually, um, you mentioned one of my favorites, Zach Galifianakis. Um, Zach Galifianakis is good, you know, when he feels like doing it. I, I've seen him, uh, you know, in a lot of different incarnations. He's doing a lot of bizarro kind of stuff. Yeah. He's in a lot of mediums. What what do you, what what's your favorite medium for him if you have one? Medium in terms of what do I like? Like do, do, yeah, do you like his stand up? Do you like his his writing? Do you like what what's your, you know, not to say hey, you only got to pick one, but in what medium do you do you uh, find yourself enjoying him the most? <laughs> now, you had done something that was really interesting. I have a hard time watching it because I know exactly what I'm going through. Sure, sure. Yeah. You had done something really interesting, which is sort of like the uh, the combination of the two. I listened to your um, your Christmas special, 2009, today, that I guess you had taped at the UCB Theater in L.A., and you started the show like you were doing your podcast, only you were in front of a crowd. Did that, I mean, has your, has your radio and podcast experience changed how you address an audience at this point, or was the podcast performance uh, unique on a stage. I mean, was it was it a unique thing for you to be on a stage doing your podcast, or did it feel like a combination? It's a it's a, it's a tricky thing because we're doing those once a month. We're doing the uh, the live tapings once a month, sort of a treat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like tomorrow night, I'm 
appearing on uh, the John Oliver stand-up series on Comedy Central. That's on the 29th. You've got uh, your Comedy Central pilot presentation at the Hudson Theater in L.A. on the 28th at 7 p.m. 323-960-5519 for reservations if you want to go see that. Where do people find you on the web? <laughs> yeah, because I just, and then it's sort of like, in my mind, where it's like, we moved out of rock cock and, and frat cock, and now the dominant paradigm is nerd cock. That's true. <laughs> That's awesome. I gotta pick me up one of those. Oh my god. Totally. so much for taking some time and uh, good best of luck to you stay dry and uh, we'll keep listening to WTF yeah in both sense of the word stay dry man yeah I, I, I will do both <laughs> <laughs> thanks Mark appreciate it very much that is Mark Marin Ken yes it is indeed that is awesome when we come back we're going to have more show we're going to give you our final thoughts on today and uh, oh we do have some ask the expert stuff coming up we do so the, the show is far from over Totally. Totally. Not over. We'll be right back. All right. Looking for a little excitement? Want to get away from it all? It's the phone line that's rocking your house. It'll make you so hot. 
you'll have to have a towel around your neck and every now and then gently pat your forehead with it. Swinging singles on a 1-900 line. You talk to other people and it's lots of people talking at once and it's very cacophonous and it's about sex and most people are masturbating and it's filthy and you wouldn't be one of called dead there. Sometimes there's a girl. But not all the time. Mostly not all the time. Mostly just guys. It's a lot of guys. And they're saying nasty, gross things that they wouldn't normally say because they know they're anonymous on a phone line. Assuming that there is a girl there, they just don't want to talk right now. It's just a bunch of dudes talking to one another. Dudes talking to one another. Call now. Back here on the commercials, free podcast, thecommercials.tv, and the magic of iTunes. Hey, Ken. Hey, baby. Mark Marin. Incredible. Man, that was incredible. Once again, you can you... tell he's a he's an old soldier. As yes. You put it. Yes, he is absolutely one of the old warriors of stand up. If I may coin a phrase, uh, and why can't I? I'm entitled. I'm coin a... as much as ye like. I I've got the coin. I'm going to uh, <coughs> phraseology. Have That's coin, we'll do. phrase it. Absolutely. And uh, once again, if you want to no, visit have his... phrase, we'll corn it. Go ahead. Have, yeah, that, I'm going to corn it. You bet. <laughs> I did say uh, corn. Yeah, you I? did. Uh, the, the official Mark Marin site is markmarin.com, M-A-R-C-M-A-R-O-N.com. And don't forget the WTF podcast. Uh, you know, if you want it, just type in WTF uh, when you go to iTunes, and you will find it, I guarantee. I'm surprised you haven't heard it, Dave. It's actually very popular. It's a very popular thing. Oh, yeah. Thanks you just for... don't get out much. I Well, I mean, the thing about I, uh, uh, the podcast is that you can be inside. Just, just, yeah. just like you're probably listening to this. Somewhere sheltered, I hope, from the elements. Yeah. Uh, unless it's a nice day. and Actually, case, right now I'm doing j- jogging around the block with a portable headset. <clears throat> I, I don't... Yeah. inside. I mean, I've been wondering where you've been for the last I've half hour. I've been flexing yeah. lead. Yeah, you've been... Is that what, how you say working out? Flexing lead? It is now. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, again, we want to thank Mark Marin. Uh, <coughs> we have another segment that we usually do on the show, and today is no different. Uh, we told you before about our... Uh, <clears throat> our uh, phone number that you can call and leave us a voicemail is uh, 347-829-PUNK, 347-829-7865. We also have an right. email address, info at thecommercials.tv. Right. And uh, that's that's where you can, you can do something very, very special, can't you, Kevin? Yes, it's called Ask the Experts. Why don't you give me what I want as my question? Yes, it's time for Ask the Experts once again. This is the segment where we respond to some of the things that actually are sent to our email address or to uh, our voicemail box rather than just replaying it and then, you know, reading the transcript. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Ken, do you want to you start off? Uh, I this, do. And actually, I'm going to break form a little bit. Oh. Okay. This question is from me to you. Very good. I think that's a first. Uh, and I, I, I think it was... It was an, no, but it was... I, I did appreciate the fact that you... Wrote the email to info at the commercials.tv <laughs> so you could be formalized. Right. Yeah. And in fact, I'll be even more formal. This question from, comes from Kenneth W. Pond mm-hmm. from Brooklyn, New York. Ken writes. Yes. I didn't write it. <laughs> All right, Dave, actually, my question is yes. to be sincere. Yeah. You're, uh, you've recently become, well, not recently, in the past two years, you've become a father. Yes, in the last year and a half, almost and it is to the your, day. Yes, and it is the, uh, you're a novice at fatherhood. 
Uh, I guess, you know, at year no, and I'm a sorry. half. I don't mean to say you're a bad father. What I mean is you're relatively new yes, to the it's, experience. Yes, it's, I mean, as, as much as I'd like to think, I've, I've totally embraced it and have gotten uh, so much out of it, and it's been a year and a half. It's still such a new early part of the Yeah, but the you journey. realize there's there's like 70-year-old men out there who have gone through five or six children. Five or and six. they're listening, and they're <clears> like, Psh, Yeah, even the ones who are 70. shit. Yeah, right. right. Well, I don't know about that, but... Well, yeah, I'm sure you've seen plenty of literal shit, but... Yeah. Um, because babies are full of it, but... Um, it's almost as much as, like, a human being. <laughs> um, there are 70-year-olds who have one child who probably look at my experience so far, and no matter yeah. how much I feel as though I'm an expert at <laughs> the fatherhood of my own child... I own a turtle, and I'm like, dude, you don't know what you're in You don't for. know, you're, because you've done it for a year and three quarters. That's right. Yeah, your That's turtle right. is a year and three quarters, exactly. and you feel... Uh, Maybe justifiably that that I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go on. No, well, what I mean is, since you've had this kind of enlightenment of a year and a half, do you see parents with children that are your child's age, Uh like a year and a half, and just cringe at how they treat their child or interact or whatever, or even later, you know, children that are older, where you're just like, what are these people doing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I yeah, thought Give this... me some examples I'd like to hear. And, oh. and how you respond to those examples. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I mean, I, there's always the great example of the crying child in the restaurant. Okay. Uh, uh, my wife and I took our, our baby girl to a restaurant the other night. Uh, this is a true story. Okay. Uh, we were there, and uh, our little girl is... is <coughs> and, I, and, and I am bragging, but I don't mean to brag... Uh, she is just so content and happy and sweet and well behaved for uh, an 18 month old that it's it's almost crazy, hmm. um, and we love that fact and and we're proud parents because yeah of it. you should be, uh, but we because of her sleep schedule got a little screwy we ended up leaving for dinner a little bit late so we didn't really start wrapping up dinner until like after nine o'clock which for a you know a little baby like that is is late. really late yeah uh, and. Justifiably, she started to kind of go south a little bit. Sure. And when babies go south, they get cranky and they kind <clears> of <throat> start <throat> to, you know, cry or or scream or they get frustrated easily. Yeah. Just the same way I do, right around three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and our first reaction is, oh boy, oh you know, we don't want anyone else in the restaurant to be uh, disturbed. disturbed. We don't want right. them to have their dinner, uh, you know, uh, unpleasant. Because there's a there's a crying baby, um, so what we did is we said, okay, let's wrap this up quick. My wife stayed and and, and uh, handled the paying of the check, and I took uh, our little girl out into the kind of alcove of this restaurant, and that's what I felt my responsibility as a parent was to kind of take uh, a, a baby who was kind of doing a meltdown thing out of the public area. That's right. So that she could calm down, I could help her calm down, I could calm down myself, and everybody else can go on and join their dinner. Throughout my life, I've seen parents who don't even pay attention to the idea that there are other people in the restaurant, or in fact, the world. Absolutely. And those are the kind of things that really bother me because their children don't learn respect for anything else around them. Absolutely. You know, it's like the world is, you know, the world is for them to just do whatever they want and as much as I am an uh, <clears throat> anti-authoritarian, I do have respect for other people. Right. So I don't like the idea of just 
letting a child run around a restaurant or <laughs> cry or like throw things or right. kick the the seat <laughs> or stuff like that. And I know I'm gonna have times where I'm gonna have to deal with stuff like that, but I'm gonna deal with it. I'm not gonna ignore exactly. it. I'm not gonna pretend it doesn't. There are exist. certain there are certain rules of conduct that we have to follow in public. Absolutely, that are just common courtesy, in my opinion. And if you don't teach them at an early age, yep. We sound like Republicans. If you don't grill it into them at an early age, I don't think that's Republican. That's though. no, no. I mean, I, I'm joking. But no, what I'm I, saying is, you know, nip, nip it in the butt. Basically, get get them used to just keeping it cool in public. Absolutely, and it's never too early to show. You know, you may not be able to articulate a concept that they'll be able to understand. I mean, but my, they'll put two and two together by saying, yeah. "Oh, I notice when I do this." We leave very quickly. Right. Or I'm subdued. Right. Or, I mean, and it's very important, and my wife and I are very aware of this, our behavior at different times will have a direct and distinct effect on our little girl. Yeah. And if she sees us behaving in a calm, rational, uh, confident manner, well, she's going to yes. see that that's the way to go. And that's good. You know, I heard because I heard... Recently, one of your Facebook posts, she most recently attended preschool. Yep, for the first time. Really? Oh, Dave, it's so beautiful. She's been... Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's, it, you know, it, you know it, it's it, it's funny, but it's, I mean, it it's it's very bittersweet. It's a very bittersweet thing to watch your child go off into the hands of other but you people. You know, it's only going to get bittersweeter. It is only going to get bittersweeter. Think about... Think about marrying her off the le- first dance with you Daddy. You stay away from her, you punk. <laughs> Lock first her in a all, room till she's 35. First of all, if you have any, any respect for your daughter and your daughter's future, keep her well, well clear of me. Let's establish I mean, that I Ken has that still w- yet to meet my daughter. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's make that abundantly clear. And yes. I'm not just saying this to Dave and his daughter. All fathers of all daughters of any ages. <laughs> keep away from Ken. If you know what's good for your little girl. Yeah. Don't have them come around this here. This is why Ken, more often than not, dates orphans. I do. Yeah. Because they're, you know, they're floating on the wind. Yeah, well, they need they need somebody. And they need direction. They and need to be taught what street corners are good for what and where to stay <laughs> That's away. horrible. And how to, how to do it. Oh, that is not good. That is not good. But, but there you go. I mean, uh, and one thing that I think helps. Wait, dude, are you telling me that orphans don't have to learn to have sex well? <laughs> Because I think that's just wrong. Uh, there's it's your soundbite. Yeah. 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 Oh, my. Uh, Put that in the Huffington Post. <laughs> so, you know, getting back to good parenting um, and hoping my daughter never listens to anything you say. Uh, no, no, I mean, I think I think that right there, I mean, the, the idea of parenthood is not <coughs> lost on me and my wife. And there are great parents out there. I don't want to say that there aren't, but it sometimes does disturb me. And it did before my daughter was born that... The, the responsibility of parenthood is not taken seriously by enough people. And I think that, that, that's, that's sad, first and foremost. Because yeah. for me, it's been the greatest thing that ever happened to me, is, is having a child. Uh, so for people who you know, like, take for granted the idea that they have, even have a child is, is tough for me to deal with. Much less raising them in a terrible, horrible uh, way. I would agree. I would concur. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, that answers the. Uh, thank you, Ken W. Pond, for You're writing welcome. in. Uh, this one uh, is for you. Uh, we have one time for one more, and okay. uh, this actually came into my spam folder. 
Are you serious? Yes. Okay. I didn't really, you know, it's it's for you, but it's really it's really for everybody. Uh, and <coughs> okay. it comes from someone named Caroline, which is kind of scary, creeping me out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's with, a K. Dave, you know that's with that a K. That's with a K. Oh, okay. A, yeah. Okay. Uh, Caroline Tressy. Okay. Uh, I'm sure it's her real name. Uh, and the subject matter is, answer me, I wait you, only you. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, we'll call her, uh, Tressy, because I can't even parse any part of that name. That doesn't creep me out. Tressy. Tressy. We'll call that her sounds Tressy. Good, yeah. Uh, writes, I'm girl. I have a red hair with copper shimmering. My eyes is blue. I am high. I have beautiful arms. My hair is short straight. I live in a metropolis. I work in food industry. I like to watch movies. Represent representations in the circus. I like plants. I like sea. If you talk about me, I am loving girl. Most of all, men I value, or most of all, in men I value tenderness. When I saw you in Subway, I realized must. Because I can be for you a fantastic lover or someone great, if you want. All call me, come to me. So what do you say, Ken? I can hook you up. Well, first of all, that's not Google Voice. No, I know that. That's actual <laughs> fucking email yeah, from someone. Yeah, that was not called in and transcribed. That's what someone wrote. Wow. Well, first of all, she likes C. Like the letter C, the ocean. Uh, S-E-A. She, she likes, likes C? C. Okay. Yeah. Well, wow. I, I'm guessing English isn't her first language. I'm hoping English isn't her first language. So either we're dealing with a really hot American chick <laughs> or possibly a really nasty Middle Eastern chick. Mm. 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 That's a tough call. Yeah, I know. I mean, but, but you, you, you ruminate on that. Um, I, yeah. Well, did you have more to add before? Well, I, well. I mean, first I, of all, I, I add ruminations. Um, my my. Well, I was going to say think about it for a while, but mm. but if you want to try okay, to think whatever, it through whatever. with me here and now, that's fine too. Okay. Um, I don't know whether or not she's an orphan. Okay. And one detail I think is important for me to know. Yes. When you hover over her name, blank Tressy, uh, you'd figure that the email address would have some semblance of connection to that name. Okay. Or something that suggests who this woman <coughs> might be. And I think we have our answer because the email address is Jeffrey underscore Ruiz 1975. <laughs> Well, first of all, that is a dead, that is dead giveaway that she's using her boyfriend's email account. Oh, no that's good what it can is. come of it. No, of course, that's yeah. the conclusion. My I was favorite feeling. is when you get that Indonesian, uh, you know, Ethiopian emails yes. that are like me, yes. me very love America, me want love you. You know, we've all seen this before. Yeah, where it looks like a, a very attractive woman wants from a far off distant pl place is in love with just the idea with you. Right, right. And there's a tiny bit of me that's like, that is, you know, if this wasn't someone trying to steal a lot of money from me, mm -hmm. I would be really touched. Because <laughs> someone could barely the get out spirit, get out. The, you know, they could. It's not even their language, and they're trying to express how much they love me. After not having even spoke to me once. That is true. I mean, they, the power of your email address alone... Well, I'll tell you a story. ...spoke to them. 
I was living in Virginia for a little bit doing some work. Uh-huh. And I lived in a house with another guy named Ken. And he's like, I don't know how to use Craigslist and stuff. I need to fill one of the other rooms. Can you help me? And I'll take a little bit off your rent. So I said, fine. That's a pretty good deal. That's cool. Yeah. I'll go on Craigslist for Richmond or whatever and, and see if there's anyone that needs a place around here. So I went on sure. there. We got a response back very much like the one you just read. Oh, great. And at From first Jeffrey it was like, Ruiz. Not, no. Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. Okay. So another Ruiz, though. Yeah. And uh, it was basically says I'm a, a woman saying I'm interested in the room, you know, broken English. <laughs> my interest is in the room, uh-huh. you know, stuff like that. Sure. We're like, fine. I explain it right. Okay. You know, $500 deposit, $500 a month, you know, blah, 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 blah. Next email. As far as money is concerned, I will have my bank transfer money into your bank. And it's like, okay, no, 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 no. But Dave, I decided to keep playing. Nice. Because I wanted to see how far this person would go. Nice. Just to try to steal money. So I did made them do a lot of busy work. (laughs) I said, okay, that's fine. I'll do it. Can you write me a note in the mail signed by you? That says you are good for this money. Oh, nice! They sent the letter. Really? Yeah. Of course, it was ish, it was it was uh, you know flag or postmarked in freaking Africa. Of course, yeah. And so I said, hey, <laughs> we had a problem with that last letter. It wasn't so great. Can you send another one? Nice. They sent another one. Oh. Finally, it was like, you know, we were pushing them so hard that they. St- I guess their subtle way of trying to feel out the situation. Was they wrote back and and said, I like something like I'm doing a lot of work for this. I hope the house is painted white <laughs> by the time I get there. You know, I don't know if that's our attempt at a joke or for all we know, they were trying to convey that they really wanted us to paint the house. Yeah, because it's just broken English. But anyway, <laughs> after all that work, I put her through or this person through whoever it whoever was. Whoever it may have been. Yeah, yeah, I said, okay, I'm gonna give you all my bank account information. Of course, I made up numbers. Nice. You know. Over and over again. Oh, you didn't get those right? I made this person work for that fraud. <laughs> work for the fraud. And, dude, it's never happened to me, and I doubt it's happened to anybody else. After two months, this person gave up and said, two I'm not, months. I can't take it anymore. I'm done trying to steal from you. Wow. This is going nowhere. You know? It's kind of like a guy on a date with a woman. Yeah. And he dates her for two months, and she still isn't kissing him or giving it up or whatever. Right, right, And they're right. like, I've done a cost-benefit analysis <laughs> of the situation. I'm out of here. Wow. Yes. Ken Pond, scam buster. Scam buster. Scam buster. You kind of mess with me, I'll kind of mess with you. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you, Blank Tessie, sl- Tressie, I'm sorry, sl- uh, slash uh, Jeffrey Ruiz. Again, if you would like to send us an email, info at thecommercials.tv. And please, use English. Yes. We like it. Or if you're going to leave a voicemail, broken English, it, it makes us laugh just as, just as easily. Yes. So whatever whatever language or uh, par- uh, portion thereof you would like to to call and use, the number is 347-829-7865. And please be interested in C. Please be interested in C. And we promise, house will be painted white. (laughs) (laughs) I think that just about does it for another edition of the Commercials. Great podcast. We want to thank Mark Marin for coming on. That's right. Great guest. Wonderful guest. And thank you to the people, uh, Rob Reiner and crew, who uh, were responsible for that great film, 
a few good men. That's right. And uh, to the judge in that scene. Great part. Great part. Great actor. Great times. Dave, you cannot handle the Google Talk translation. I can't handle it. You're right. Hope you'll join us next time. We're going to have plenty more fun. Uh, Ken, nice job. Nice job to you. Always good to see you, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at thecommercials.tv and the magic of iTunes. Until next week. Did you order the code red? You're damn right I did. Nice. See you next week. <laughs>